Beloved Prabhuji, what is the meaning of the cone? If you meet the Buddha on the road, kill him. These words belong to the master Linji Yichuan. From the ninth century, founder of the Linji school. of Chan Buddhism during the Tang Dynasty in China. It is said Master Linji Yichuan gave certain guidance to one of his disciples. If you see, if you meet a Buddha on your path, on your road, kill him. This sentence, these words, has been interpreted in various ways. For many, they are an enigma. For others, it is an heresy. Koans never meant to be for the public in general. Koans was for disciples. And this one specifically is for very advanced students. After all, who can meet Buddha in his meditation?
Not everyone. Meet a Buddha in his meditation. So obviously, this koan is for very advanced disciples. I mean, for students that achieve certain level in meditation. With advanced students, advanced disciples, I mean those who gave up mundane attachments. When you succeed certain level of renunciation to mundane attachments, thoughts and the mental bustle calm down. The mind achieve a relative, relative tranquility, a relative silence. Then your meditation, it is not disturbed anymore by greediness. Jealousy, egoist desires, contradictions, and then in this level of meditation. mystical experiences begin to appear. All kind of mystical experiences with angels, saints, Jesus, Krishna, Shiva, Devas, gods, etc. Voices from big masters from other dimensions, etc., etc. 
lights. This koan contains a very significant teaching, a very important message. That doesn't matter what kind of experience, objective experience, doesn't matter is the, if the object is mundane or religious or spiritual or astral. must be overcome in the path to truth for the simple reason that every experience take place in the dual platform And in any experience, there is something that is experienced and somebody who experienced it. Enlightenment not an experience that you must remember. Enlightenment is not another kind of experience, a different experience. It is the essence of every experience. But for many people, instructors of meditation, teachers of Tai Chi, or guides of yoga, teachers of whatever, for many, many people, these metaphysical experiences that occur during meditation are there more valuable possessions? They can renounce to cigarettes, alcohol. They can renounce to money. They can renounce to fame, to honor. But on the other hand, they will proudly describe their metaphysical experiences of light, of chakras. They will show to others their spiritual treasures. you almost will feel that this is nothing else but 
attachment to religious or spiritual possessions. And those who hear they feel they become even envious about those experiences. And all of them think in some way or other that they are seekers of truth because they aspire to all these spiritual, astral objects, celestial objects, experiences. But they are not. They are not seekers of truth. Those are seekers of experiences. They look for a solution or solutions. As one advances in spiritual life, Mind become more and more sophisticated. Mind found more sophisticated ways to resist your advance to meditation. To be, she become more sophisticated mind become more sophisticated to put obstacles to meditation. When you give up mundane attachments, when the mind cannot offer more mundane attractions, the only way will be to offer temptations with spiritual objects. When the seeker give up mundane objects, mind begin to offer temptations with spiritual objects, celestial objects. When the seeker give up the nightmares, mind will begin to offer beautiful dreams. Can be beautiful dreams with lights, paradise, Krishna, and the gopis, Jesus, Buddha, Shankara. You can become stuck in those dreams and prevent the meditation. 
Worldly objects you can give up, but religious or spiritual objects is something completely different. And even if you are able to go beyond temptations like angels, saints, that are still in duality, because even there is a light, there is the light as an object, and is you as a subject. The light is observed, and you are the observer. The duality is there. And if you go beyond it, mind will bring you God in person. as the most holy object. To give up cigarettes, alcohol, even sex is one thing, but to give up God, it is not the same. You can go to your students or friends to tell that you gave up fame, fortune, whatever, but go to tell to your priest that you gave up God. It's a different idea. And those, all those mystical experiences are no more than mental projections. The metaphysical experiences come only from your subconscious mind, from your tradition, from your culture. You never heard about a mystic Jewish Rebbe have any experience with Radha and Krishna or Shiva. We never heard of a Christian mystic had any experience with Buddha. And of course we never heard of a mystic Muslim has any experience with Rabbi Shneur Zalman Miladi or Baal Shem Tov or Rabbi Nachman Mibrestler? <coughs> These are mental projections. This koan comes from the Buddhist tradition. That's the reason that doesn't say if you meet on the road Shankara or Jesus or Muhammad or the Baal Shem Tov or Guru Nana kill him. Specifically say if you meet Buddha. Because if you give that koan to a person of other religion, a Muslim, a Jewish, etc., 
he will not see any problem. For him will be perfectly logic. But for a Buddhist only can be an heresy. An object, philosophically speaking, it is anything that can be observed, perceived, seen, touched, and it is different from the observer. Object is anything that we can talk about, think about, even in imagination, to relate to it as something or somebody. And it is different, disconnected, from the observer, from the perceiver, from the subject. This is not the appropriate moment, the appropriate talk to go deep into the ontological meaning difference between a thing and an object. For this talk, this purpose, to understand what we mean by object is enough. From the first day in the world, we are educated to perceive objects, to direct our attention to different objects. We live in an objective world. And even to perceive ourselves as objects, as a body, as a form, a mind. This is the way we look at life things. Everything is a thing. Everybody is a body. Things and bodies are objects. These objects can be physical, but there are mental objects, ideas, thoughts, a conclusion, a concept. And we have emotional objects an emotion, a feeling like fear, or hope, 
disappointment. Happiness, pain, etc., etc. And we have energetic objects, a chakra, and all kinds of energies that we can perceive. We have material objects and spiritual objects, religious objects. We have objects that we are proud of them, objects that make us shame, objects that, objects that scare, objects that give, give us security, objects that we pursue and objects that we escape from, etc., etc. We live in a world of objects. We only know how to perceive objects. It is obvious and inevitable that at the moment you hear about the self, consciousness, awareness, perception, your real nature. You will feel the inclination to look for an object. It is obvious that at the moment you hear truth, God, enlightenment, searching for truth, searching after enlightenment, you will, you will begin to search for something. It is inevitable that when Somebody will tell you to look for yourself and your real nature. You will do the only thing you know to look for something. We will continue in the next talk.